Despite the tremendous conflict in Iraq, there have been many medical miracles. What does the future hold for one young Iraqi girl who recently had heart surgery here in the United States? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and our guest today is Dr. Carla Christian, Associate Professor and Associate Chief of Pediatric Cardiac Surgery at Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. Christian recently performed surgery to correct a congenital heart defect in a young Iraqi girl found by Marines amid the ongoing conflict in Iraq and brought to the United States for care. Welcome, Dr. Christian. Thank you for having me. Today we are discussing the prognosis for this young Iraqi girl. Dr. Christian, you have described in great detail the entire process of finding this child in Iraq, bringing her to Nashville, operating on her, her doing wonderfully well, and your plan in the relatively near future sending her back to Iraq. I think that is really remarkable. How do you feel about that? I couldn't be more pleased with her entire preoperative, operative, and postoperative course. Well, let's talk about something personal. Certainly, as a general surgeon, there are not a great number of females in surgery. Certainly, there are even less so in cardiac surgery, and I would presume that in pediatric cardiac surgery, also, at least in the past, there have not been a lot of females. Now, with the possibility of having a woman president of the United States, certainly things are changing. In your career as a pediatric cardiac surgeon, have you felt any of the inequities, so to speak, of being a female in the past history of having a male-dominated field? Well, as you say, clearly both surgery, cardiac surgery, and definitely pediatric cardiac surgery is a very male-dominated specialty. When I came to Vanderbilt and finished my general surgery residency, I believe I was the seventh woman to finish general surgery at Vanderbilt. Wow. And that was not that many years ago. (laughs) When I got my thoracic boards, which is the same as saying your cardiac surgery boards, I think I was the 66th woman ever to be board certified in thoracic surgery, which is the same as cardiac surgery. And that was not that many years ago. And to the best of my knowledge, I'm the only woman member of the Congenital Heart Surgeon Society, which is a group of pediatric cardiac surgeons. When I was applying for membership, there was a woman that had been a member that was a Canadian, but I don't believe she's a member anymore. So in answer to your question, Yes, it's very male-dominated in both surgery, cardiac surgery, and clearly pediatric cardiac surgery. I know there are some younger women that are aspiring to be busy pediatric cardiac surgeons, but it's not an easy field to break into. Why is that? It's not easy for a man or a woman to get a job as a pediatric cardiac surgeon. In my mind, I've always had the sense in surgery, cardiac surgery, and pediatric cardiac surgery. If you want to do it as a woman, you better be better than the men that are out there applying just because of traditional ideas and viewpoints. Is that changing, do you think? I'm not sure it's changing. I just think it's 
old habits die hard is probably a good way to put it. <laughs> well, what about the fact that I believe in the past year or so that the majority of admissions to medical school have been female? Different medical schools, you know, have those numbers different times. Vanderbilt, I know, has had some years where more than 50% of their admissions class was women. So that there's no question there's lots and lots of women going to medical school, but then you have to say, when they finish medical school, are they pediatricians? Are they family medicine doctors? Do they go into OBGYN, you know, or do they go into surgery? And when they don't go into surgery, why don't they go into surgery? For me personally, it's what I love it's what I think I'm good at, and it's where I think I was meant to be, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. Did you have to compromise your personal life to be a pediatric cardiac surgeon? You know, I would say yes and no. On one hand, I think my personal life, at some level, I don't feel like I've ever compromised. If anything, I potentially have compromised my professional life in that I'm not a full professor and I'm not a departmental head. But at my personal life level, I have three children, and I'm happily married. Now, considering the difference in other countries, the way they look at males and females, and, and thinking about Iraq, did this patient's family and mother in particular have difficulty in that respect? She never expressed any difficulty to me, but myself and other women I spoke to at Vanderbilt, we asked ourselves... What must it be like to her to come from a country where women are, at least from our standpoint, so oppressed, to come to a country here where almost everyone in the operating room was female, and she comes and has a woman operate on her baby? Just the irony of the situation was interesting. Did she ever express that to you? No, but it might be hard through an interpreter. And maybe she didn't see me as a woman. Maybe she just saw me as a surgeon. I'm not sure. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. We are discussing the prognosis for a young Iraqi girl. Dr. Christian, does this whole experience, meaning this child, this mother, this family, taking help from the Americans, do you think this puts her family at risk at all once she returns to Iraq? There was some concern about that early on in the sense that the first several times the media was around and photographs were being taken and film footage was being taken, initially they were not to film the mother's face at all. So that they were allowed to film Amina, the child, but not the mother's face. They Why? Could because there might be concern for the mother's safety when she returned home was what I was told. Did you have an opportunity to get close with the mother? Just in terms of friendly discussions about her child, but not in terms of political discussions or not deep personal conversations. She never gave you her impression of this conflict between Iraq and the United States and the war? No, we didn't talk about politics at all. Were you advised not to? No. It was just a personal decision. I just chose to focus on her child. What did you learn from this situation and this experience? My take-home message from this was that this mother was no different than any mother here would be in terms of her concern for her child and 
her anguish over making the decision to go ahead with the operation, that those sorts of concerns are cross-cultural and they are the same despite language barriers. Do you think that by doing this and the university funding this, that you have set a precedent for goodwill in terms of medical care in situations that might come up in the future? We have done other charity cases in the past. This was just the most political charity case we've done. I've done a Kurdish child in the past from Iraq a few years ago when Saddam was in power and the Kurds were being persecuted and it didn't gain any media attention. I've done a child from Haiti. I've done children from South America. It's just in the past, my other charity cases have not garnered media attention. Now, Dr. Christian, have you thought about possibly going over to Iraq and volunteering and donating your time and experience? In many ways, I've thought many times about going on mission trips and that sort of thing, whether it's with my church or other organizations. The biggest problem that that poses for me is what I do requires a team, and I liken it to a symphony. So for me to go by myself doesn't accomplish much. I need my whole group to go, and that's when it becomes more cost-effective and really safer for the patient to bring the patients to us rather than trying to take us with our whole team to other areas because not only is it just the operation per se, but it's the post-operative care, and it's hard to recreate our environment in other places. Now, there are some surgeons that do do that, but I can't just go by myself out and do cardiac surgery in the jungles of Africa or in Iraq, in a war-torn area, I have to have perfusion and anesthesia and a first assistant and a scrub nurse, and then I've got to have a place to put that child once the operation's over. And so that that's the problem with, say, me wanting to go by myself. And while I consider myself a very patriotic person, this is a way to be patriotic and, and still help a person. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Carla Christian. We have been discussing the prognosis of this young Iraqi girl. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website, www.reachmd.com, now featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.